0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Brothers, sisters, extraterrestrials, and everybody else in between, it is your man, the Duke, here. And listen, you know that I want you to quench your thirst, and I want you to do it in, in as little limited, in fact, unlimited ways okay and that's why i encourage you to check out the unlimited sip club our friends over at panera bread has put together a fantastic club here an exclusive club here what's cool about it is once every two hours you can have a beverage of your choice including their iced or hot coffees iced or hot teas the fountain beverages get this they even have those healthy energy drinks that they've dubbed the charged lemonade and let me tell you something man it is fully charged that's right that's right check out your local panera bread or visit panerabread.com i absolutely encourage you to check out the unlimited sip club and if you are a new subscriber you're going to get your first month free then after that it is only 11.99 per month again Drink of your choice once every two hours. You can't beat it. You can stop into a Panera Bread, grab yourself a drink while you're on the road and you need to take a break, real quick, or in between meetings. You name it. And hey, while you're there, grab yourself a pastry, a sandwich, a salad, whatever you need. Okay? Visit Panera Bread. That's right. everyone else in between welcome back to the duke clubs wrestling podcast the show about pro wrestling and everything else and let me tell you something we have the return of our man rob the genius but here's the thing rob is absolutely not here to play games with anybody he is red ass Rob today, and you're gonna find out why right now. What's going on, there, Rob?
0: Hey, man, how you doing? And uh, well, happy WrestleMania weekend, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, you know, um, for you know, if any of you guys listening to this later, uh, we're recording this on Saturday morning of <laughs> WrestleMania, and so um, and just let me say before we get started, um. It may, you may think after listening to this that I don't really like this stuff at all. And um, that's not true. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, the passion comes from uh, caring. And that's really what it comes down to. And, and, folks, you'll understand what we mean in a moment. Because R- Rob and I, we've been two ships passing. You know, our schedules uh, have not aligned. He was supposed to be on the show weeks ago. But uh, on my my end here, my schedule has just been all over the place. But I got a message this morning. And, I'm a, you know, I'm up early. Getting some uh, food together, getting ready for WrestleMania. And Rob says, hey, man, you want to record today? Because I got some stuff I need to get off my chest. I said, oh, well, just so happens I have some free time this morning. So, yeah, let's do it. But, uh, Rob, I'm not used to you um, being this frustrated. So I'm, I'm very, very curious, man. What What is on your mind? Well,
0: look, okay, honest, this has been building for a while. And I've said it in a couple of places. Um, you know, I'm on the uh, Mindless Wrestling Podcast every week with TJ and Jason. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I've said it in a couple of you know group chats I'm in and what have you. Um, and for those of y'all who have been listening to me here with Duke, y'all know I've been tracking for a couple of years now You know how many women's matches and on all the major shows, how much time I get and all that type of stuff. Um, I started doing that because, you know, just watching Ron SmackDown, it, it felt like they weren't getting a whole lot of time here. And me being, you know, um, thinking for those of us just listening to me the first time, I'm a mathematician by trade. And. So for me being a number guy, if there, if there are numbers that can be read and understood and that can teach you about something, if it's something I'm already interested in, I like to just to dive in and look. Um, you know, I've done it before with basketball statistics. I've done it with movie, box office numbers and things they're, they're just things you can learn. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do it because a lot of times when numbers and stats get presented to us by people, they cherry pick stuff, they leave stuff out they got an agenda they're pushing a narrative they're trying to push and they they stick to what fits the narrative they, they leave out anything that goes against the narrative that kind of thing and so me you know like i guess you know i'm a scientist at heart i believe that you get all the information you can and if it do, and ultimately if if the information you get if it if it doesn't give you the answer you were looking for you got to accept the answer it gives you and and if it gives you no answer, you gotta accept that too, because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just, things are inconclusive, and all you can just do is throw your hands up and say, "Hey, man, I don't know." Um, and to me, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the way you're supposed to deal with this stuff. Um, and with with wrestling media in particular, and with people on the internet and so called smart fans and whatnot, there are there are people who just cannot do the thing. They who cannot throw their hands up and say, "I don't know." Uh, there are people who are always looking who have to draw some conclusion or speculate something based off of you know incomplete information or what have you, um, and they do us all a disservice because look if you're if you're a part of the IWC and you consider yourself a smart fan then, in my opinion, you should get the right you should have the right information before you start running your mouth, um, which I try to do, you know, and so. I look for the information. I look for, you know, I look for the, I guess you can say the truth in all of this Um, because, you know, we have arguments on the internet all the time about, you know, who should be pushed, who should be here, who should be there. um, Whether or not this company or that company is succeeding or failing, you know, all this type of stuff. Um, Those arguments that I see is usually not, they're either not based on good information or, people have their take and they're not budging off of it. And, and they'll tell you the, you know, that you be quiet even. I mean, I, and look, I got told this today about what we're going to talk about today. I got told, I've got told this,
1: you know, that I should not. Well, Rob, be- you're, you're, you building up the anticipation, man. Let's just get <laughs> into what happened. And and then I, then I want to find out who told you what they told you, but what happened? What, what's got you riled up, brother?
0: Okay. Well, so going back, um, yeah, I've just been noting that going back to last year, because um, cause now, well, see, I've recently subscribed to WrestleNomics. And as much as I think a lot of their opinions are bad, <laughs> um, uh, they provide a lot of good information, particularly about things like TV ratings. Um, now, we've talked about TV ratings here before, and we generally have been negative about like the actual number that Nielsen gives you. But what you can do, you can look at, again, increases, decreases, things like that. If something is going, if something goes up significantly within a month worth of time, that's notable. If something goes down over a period of time and stays down, that's, you know, that's worth noting regardless of what the actual number is, you know, things like that. Um, And so, you know, Things started, I've just noticed that, you know, and, and I also keep track of things. Again, this is just about, what, a year, beginning of 2022. Um I'm sorry for going long with, but I'm just, there's a lot of history to what I do here. And it's not just because I'm, it's not just because I'm a bit of a weirdo when it comes to numbers, okay? <laughs> um, But, you know, when Ronda Rousey came back, there were a bunch of people on Twitter saying, well, nobody wants to see Ronda, nobody wants Ronda, blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. So I just figured, okay, well let's find out. And so I went and started looking up just some historical information about when she was there before. Um, look what type of numbers she was putting up for, you know, video traffic and things like that. And I saw they were extremely high. So I just figured, okay, well, let's see what happens now that she's back, you know, and let's see if it holds up or if you know, if it maintains or whatever and so I started doing that last year and I kind of just expanded it out further and further to the rest, to a lot of the rest of the roster because you know, it doesn't matter. Just looking at one person's things doesn't really do much without comparing them to other people there. And so I noticed second half of the year, um, particularly like, like the video traffic numbers for a lot of the women's wrestling TV segments just started to. They just weren't they went off the cliff or they started to really drop and it told me and so that suggests that you know people aren't as interested in what's going on there and so it, it you know so of course well i want to figure out okay well why what's what, what is happening here um and so i've just kept looking at that and kept keeping track of it and then now this year we come back we come to this year you know i noticed um it's kind of continued And so now that I subscribe to WrestleNomics, I started seeing like, you know, they have data for like quarter hours and things like that. And and you can see how much time people are getting. You can see where they get, you know, what time they got put on TV and that type of thing. And it's just creatively, um, there just hasn't been, there's been less and less effort put into the women's division probably since like May of last year. In terms of storylines, how, like how many storylines they're doing, how much time stuff is getting, um, things like that, it's just it's been less, it, just on a comprehensive level, and and now there are still weeks where they get a lot of time, but it's you know those are kind of isolated weeks here and there. There's usually some type of kind of gimmick purpose for it, um, but. It just, it continued on through the year to the end of the year. And, it, you know, I noticed it continued on into this year. And then what really started to really set me off it was the last, probably what, well, WrestleMania season did. Because I noticed, all right. Um, you know, so Rhea Ripley wins the Royal Rumble. And then a few weeks later, Oscar wins the Elimination Chamber. And you get, so they're, you know, they're going to, challenge the two champions, you know, Bianca and Charlotte. Okay. And I'm, I'm just kind of paying attention and I notice, okay, so Rhea and Charlotte have had basically nine weeks to have their match built for WrestleMania. And they've interacted three times in nine weeks. And then Oscar and Bianca had six weeks and they spent the first, first four weeks, staring at each other for a few seconds and nothing else. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, this, 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 this is, this is, this is no, this is no good. And I mean, you compare it to last year, last year, Becky and Bianca were going at each other some kind of way pretty much every week. Charlotte and Rhonda were, they were fighting almost every week in some, some form or fashion. Um, so you compare that, you, you know, just a year ago to this year. And I'm just, this is a complete lack of effort being done creatively. I mean, like they're not even trying. And these are basically supposed to be your two biggest women's matches of the year on your biggest show of the year. And they're not even trying. And. And to me, I'm like, this. This is garbage. I mean, and last year they had, you know, they had a, they they took the time to build the women's tag team title match, and as dog shit. Is is they do the women's tag team division. Um, they took the time to, they spent a month, you know, they had they put the teams together, actually a month before the show, and they had them all having matches and this and that against each other for like a month. They took the time to build that for the WrestleMania match. Um, so this year, the women's tag team titles aren't even being defended on the show. And I mean, they've been defended on a pay-per-view once in, well, since last WrestleMania, once on a pay-per-view. That was a crown jewel. So I'm looking at this stuff. I'm like, well, what are we doing here? And because this is unacceptable. And it, it just is. And because, I mean, you look at, they have put, and just a you know, time and just a meticulous degree of attention to detail with Roman and Cody, with Ray and Dominic, with Kevin and Sammy and versus the, the Usos. Um, and those are all very big, very important matches, yes. Um, but you're what are supposed to be your two most important women's matches of the year are basically being treated like TV main events. I mean, they could seriously. They could book. They could book. They could book Oscar and Bianca as a Monday Night Raw main event, the way that they built that match. Same thing, like Charlotte and Rhea. They could just put that on SmackDown as a main event one night. That's how little they've done to build those matches. Um, and that should be honest. If, if you're if you're pushing and advocating for more and better for women's wrestling, then you should not be happy with that. You should not be satisfied with that. Um, now listen, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the show. Because look, I'm I'm going to watch both nights of WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy both nights of WrestleMania. But at the same time, um, it's that's unacceptable what they're doing here. It should be unacceptable. Now, if you're asking me, well, how can you be this animated or is this upset about this and still enjoy the show? I will simply tell you that there are a lot of us who watch the NFL, who've been watching the NFL every Sunday for decades. And we watch it on Sunday. We enjoy it on Sunday. And then the rest of the week, we, we get very loud about how come y'all ain't bringing in more black quarterbacks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I mean, you can do both at the same time. <laughs> All right. Um, you, you, you can, you can push for better. You can be upset that, that a group of people is not getting treated better and still enjoy the product. You don't have to, trust me, I'm not going to sit around in a foul mood Saturday and Sunday night for the whole show about this. But it is important. uh, Again, if you are somebody who, because a lot of people out there in Twitter land, they call themselves supporters of women's wrestling and all of this kind of stuff. They, They, you know, and they, this, that, and the other. And, okay, well, if that's what you are, then you shouldn't be happy about this. Yeah, you know, if if you run a, if you run a website that supports women's mm-hmm. wrestling, you should be up in arms about this. Um, you should not be satisfied that you know that for out of four out of the six weeks, Bianca Belair and Oscar stood in the ring staring at each other and and didn't do anything else. And you shouldn't you shouldn't be happy that in the it, the The last episode of Raw before WrestleMania, neither one of them was even live in the building on the show. You shouldn't you should not be satisfied with that. Okay. again, if you are, you know, if you're out here saying, you know, we love women's wrestling, we support women's wrestling. Okay. Um, you should not be satisfied that, you know, Charlotte and Rhea interacted three times in nine weeks. You should not be satisfied with that. And, you know, and some people were got upset when the rumor came out that Charlotte and Rhea, you know, made main event month the first night. Um, And my thing is, you should be mad that they didn't put enough build into the match that you should be mad. If if it happens, you should be mad that they didn't put enough build, create energy into creatively building a storyline to support it as a main event match because it is a main event match. Um, but if you're going to be mad about it being the main event on night one, you should be mad that they didn't put the creative effort behind it, you know, and and, and I'm not going to name, who, well, because no, I'm not going to name who told me this, because it, it wasn't anything malicious or anything, but it was just, hey, the matches are going to be great. That's what matters, right? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not enough. All right. I mean, if that's where we are now where well, well, we just say, well, then the matches will be great. So why are we worried? Um, okay, I'm going to ask you this. All right, if that's where we are, why should I watch what they do with the women on TV
1: every week then? First of all, you're absolutely right. And I've, I've observed all of this myself and been frustrated myself about it because it, it really is odd. The lack of build for all of the women's matches but especially the, the championship matches, which I really don't understand. In fact, I mean, I, you know, NXT has done a, a, a far better job of promoting the women's matches that they have for Stand and Deliver than we have for WrestleMania, and it just shouldn't be that way.
0: Well, I mean, like we've talked, you know, every time I come on, I we, we praise the job NXT does
1: booking the women's division. And it's the same company. <laughs> well, this is a thing it's the same company so i don't even understand it but let me ask you this who gave you pushback regarding you not only acknowledging these issues but you know speaking up about it
0: oh actually it was it wasn't like some angry malicious thing it was just not my 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 friend at uh Chair shot media uh greg Demarco, who and he was just you know because he's he's a big believer in the, just you know, enjoying or not enjoying something as a choice. And I agree, but I also think you point stuff out. Um, and because it matters because um, people always say that, well, the you know, the stories is, in pro wrestling, the stories matter just as much as the matches, or sometimes the stories matter more than the matches, right? I mean, we're going, we got this great, story that's been going on with the bloodline for multiple years um and it's a great story it's one of the greatest pro wrestling long-term stories ever and so and nobody's even asking to to do a three-year long-term story with you know the women's division nobody's even saying that but here um you're you're barely doing anything and now they got you know no look they got the, the women are doing media but like you have to be one of like basically you have to be a super in tuned super fan who keeps up with everything that everybody's doing to know that they're making these media appearances if you if you just watch the tv show which i might add most of the people who are fans most of them, they they watch the TV show in some form or fashion. Maybe they don't necessarily watch it live on you know on Monday or Friday night, but they either do that or they watch the YouTube highlights or they watch maybe watch it on Hulu or something. But but their extent of watching is watching the TV part of it. Most people, most people who watch this stuff, they're not on Twitter, they're not reading dirt sheets, they're not. You know, um, they're not on the WWE website every day, right? Um, most of the fan base is not doing this. It's not doing all of that. So what you put on television, the and it sends a message. Like, how you present stuff on television sends a message to most of your audience. Um, like, most of the audience, you know, I've been very vocal in some spaces about Piper Niven now. She's been jobbed out for a year, basically. To anybody and everybody, um, and Piper Niven's a really good r- women's wrestler, and like, and so, but they, they job her out, and what message to the people who, if you if you only watch TV, which is again, which is what most of the fan base does, what would your perception ever be seeing her lose all the time? And she's not very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right? um so how you present stuff matters how you present people matters um, how you how you present matches matters like like they tell you what's important right uh, by how they present things um, and now you know you can even tell like when, look if you get if you really study this stuff you can even tell by when they put it on the show right um, and now there's a bit of a difference between the two matches because they have put the few times they've had Charlotte and Maria have gotten together, they have put it on in one of the kind of prime quarters of the show, which is 9 o'clock. And that does make a difference. Now, with Oscar and Bianca, they've dumped them in the third hour, in 10 o'clock hour. And, look, if you get – just to give you guys a little bit of inside baseball here, on Monday night, if you get put on at 10.15 or 10.30 – that's basically, that's, that's, that's the ghetto. Right? That's that's the abyss, that's the trash bin, basically. And there have been a couple times they've been put on there. And, again, this is supposed to be your most important women's match on Monday Night Raw for the entire year. And you're putting it on in, in in, in, in you know, the,
1: the dustbin quarter of no, your three-hour television show. Let me ask you this, Rob. Because again, we're recording this Saturday morning, so WrestleMania hasn't started. Obviously, right. um, there's been a lot of there's been a campaign basically of people trying to come up with excuses for why one of the women's championship matches should not headline uh, Saturday Saturday night. You know, night one of WrestleMania and it's really confusing to me because i you know including women saying that no it should be the usos and and, and owens and and sammy um, now we're seeing you know speculation that it could be cena and uh, austin theory like well, they, they,
0: they clarify cena and theory are opening they clarify
1: oh they. well they're supposed to be opening okay so that's you know i want to make sure of that but i i i'm just curious though what's your take on this this push so to speak from so many people including people who are actually you know generally WWE fans who don't feel that a woman's match should headline uh night one or basically to headline any night this year for uh,
0: mania okay well okay here's uh, it's I have a kind of long complicated answer okay if you go by what's the the biggest and best story or events that have been going on leading into the show then no they should not okay i mean sammy and kevin Usos has been yes the bigger and better story yes ray and dominic has been a bigger and better story um so if we're going off of that if we're going off of the you know biggest biggest stories biggest best stories should be the main event matches if we're going off of that then then yes that's that's correct uh, now my counter to that is that those are biggest and best stories because the effort that was put into making them that, you know, by creative, um, you know, the whole thing with Sammy and the bloodline was supposed to be kind of a, it was supposed to be a short-term thing and it started to take off. So they, they, they made it along. They made a decision to make it a long-term thing. They made a creative decision to do that. Okay, it wasn't just, you know, they didn't go six weeks and then Sammy said, well, fuck it, I'm going to keep going out there. You know, no matter what, what's in script, right? I mean, that's not what happened, right? There was a creative decision to keep it going and to, to turn it into a bigger thing. Uh, there was a creative decision to, out of all the possible things, you know, matches or whatever, there was a creative decision to, to go ray and dominic for this wrestlemania and not SummerSlam, right say per se right the creative decision being made that at, at the beginnings of all of this there are creative decisions being made to keep the bloodline going story going for three years instead of cutting it off at a year or cutting it off at two years those are creative decisions that are made right like this stuff just doesn't happen on its own right so and you want to, and you know, and I've said they made a creative decision to devote all of this time and energy to Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy, to the, and now the guy's not even there, right? They spent so they devoted all of that time and energy to that for for a guy now who's not there. And I should add that, that once things went south, now within a few days' time, they managed to cook an angle up for Bobby for the weekend, for Bobby Lashley for the weekend. Bobby Lashley, who had been basically shut out of His WrestleMania match with Bray Wyatt, which, you know, a lot of us weren't looking forward to anyway, but, uh, but he got, he ended up getting shut out of that because of whatever happened with Bray and they managed to cook an angle up for him where he's probably going to be there Sunday. He's going to throw down some type of challenge and somebody's going to come out there and Bobby's going to kick their ass probably. And they managed to cook that up in the wake of a match going South and being completely taken off the card. Okay. So there are creative decisions being made here to start storylines, to keep storylines going, to keep certain angles in the storylines going, right? There are decisions being made. I mean, yes, they go off of crowd reactions and what have you, but they are still making decisions to keep something going, to start something new, to cut something off. They make decisions to find something for somebody whose match got, you know, thrown in the crapper. And they make decisions to have Oscar and Bianca stare at each other for four weeks. They make decisions to have Charlotte and Rhea interact face to face three times in nine weeks. Just like that. Look, they made decisions last year to have Charlotte and Rhonda getting some type of physical altercation almost every week for two months. They made decision last year to have Becky and Bianca get in some type of altercation of some kind almost every week for like six weeks, right? Those were creative decisions that were made to do that. And let me tell you, they were the right decisions because those, both of those stories got, I mean, they got high TV ratings across the board. Okay. They, there were some weeks where they were were on both cases were the highest rated parts of the show both of those did a, a whole ton of like video traffic and what have you. Those decisions paid off when they made them last year. Okay. And so this year, and and remember this was and last year that wasn't happening in a vacuum. Last year, you had a whole story the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar going on. You had, you know, Seth Rollins is trying to secure himself a WrestleMania match. You had that story going on. You had, uh, you had you know, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle trying to win the tag team titles back. Like that was going on. You had the Miz and the Mysterios and Logan Paul story going on. You had, I mean, you had other s- stories going on television that were getting, you know, that were being given time and attention. But you also, but they also found the time to give both of their women's championship matches ample time and ample activity. To build them up into the important things that they were, and those decisions paid off. Again, those were both cases: Becky and Bianca, and Charlotte and Ronda. Both cases, week after week, they, you know, were either the highest-rated part of the show or the second highest-rated part of the show. Okay, um, so it paid off. You can, so you can't you can't say that you know well, women's wrestling doesn't draw when you put the right people on the, on the stage and you, and you, when you, you know, give them the proper material and you give them the proper time, they absolutely can because they did last year, just last year. And the same thing, the women's tag team title match build also got good TV ratings and traffic numbers and things of that nature. So again, I mean, you get the right people there. You put the right people on stage. You give them good material. You give them time to make the commitment. It they, they can pay dividends. It has paid dividends. This year they just said screw it. So, um, so I
1: have to, I have to ask you directly then, Rob, should they main event night one or not?
0: Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm of two minds about it. Um, I think on principle, yes based on what they've based on what they've sold to the TV audience over the past 2 months. No. And now I will say that if they do main event night one, I don't think a I don't think anybody's going to be particularly mad if they main event night one once it happens, <laughs> right? I mean um, but in principle they should. Yeah, but again they haven't sold it like that though. So they, they haven't they haven't told their TV audience that either of those two matches should main event. Um, and that's the fault of, I put that entirely on the, on the fault of creative and, you know, you can't just say that, oh, well, the bloodline story is so important. Y- yes, it is. Y- yes, it is. Uh, but last year, and look now last year, you know, stone coast, Austin came back. Of course you put him in the main event. Yes. Okay. That That's a no brainer. Yes, you do. Um, same as any Kevin Owens are not Stone Cold Steve Austin the Usos are not Stone Cold Steve Austin okay they're they're not you know you don't uh, they're not okay (laughs) right I mean so no you don't you don't just I mean but their story their story was built and given proper attention given proper time to become a big enough story to be worthy of being the man man on night one you did not treat either one of your women's championship matches that way. Now, look, if they gave those two matches the proper time and attention and, and the audience just didn't go for it over the two months, then you then no, you don't put them in the main event, regardless, okay? But they didn't try. They didn't. And they they gave little to no effort whatsoever in either case. And You know, and and it just, it's, 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 it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable and you should not stand for this. And and again, I'm not saying you boycott the show. No, but you should notice, um, you shouldn't, you should notice the difference. You should, uh, you should notice the difference in the, if you watch this stuff every week, you should notice that, you know, Bianca and Becky were got long segments last year, but now Bianca and Oscar are barely getting 10 minutes but you you should notice that um you should notice that some weeks Bianca Belair they have her doing 30 second pre-tape and and that's all you see of her in a 3-hour show you should notice that
1: um, and that, and that's a ridiculous way to treat uh not only a champion but someone who's main evented WrestleMania like you just it's a it's a very strange uh thing to do there yeah um
0: and it is um, now now I think we got now I think we have to do we have to admit to a degree uh, that we now me you and others like us we, we occupy a corner of the fan base We are not the entire fan base um, so when it comes to women's wrestling, um, the fan base at large, you know, their kind of threshold for being satisfied is a lot lower than yours and mine. Um but that's all the more reason why people like me and you got pushed this stuff, because you know, the the default position for people in creative at not just WWE but at wrestling companies, the default position is to not spend as much time on the women's division versus how much of the roster space they occupy on the roster. Okay. Um, that the, the default position is to do the bare minimum and it takes people have, you have to, they got to be pushed or they have to be incentivized some type of way to do more than that. Or, I mean, um, otherwise they're going to revert to the, the mean basically. Um, cause look, we can criticize AEW's women's, how, how they book the women's division all day long. And, but what they do is what they do is basically the default position, right? Um, and now, if you don't want that, if you want more than that, if you want better than that, then then you got to push for it, and it, you just do. And, and and we claim to be people who want better, right? We we talk to people who say that they want better, <laughs> right? Um, and look for me, like you should want the best possible product that the wrestling company can give you, okay, and. You can't tell me that a a more thorough, more detailed build for Oscar and Bianca would not have been better television than wasting time with Uncle Howdy. You can't tell me that. OK, you are not. going there's nothing you can say that is going to convince me that, that that we were better off with them spending all that
1: time on Uncle Howdy. Let, let me throw a take at you. I feel like. WWE does not have a woman who is currently on the roster or even that they could bring from anywhere else, even, you know, past uh, stars like a Trish Stratus. They don't have a woman who is, has been elevated by the company to the point where it's like, listen, this is our big match person, like just like a, a Roman Reigns just like an Austin, just like a John Cena, this is our big big match person. This is somebody who they absolutely are gonna have our support and be set up to draw because they're our big big match person. They don't have a woman in that position um currently. And I don't, you know, they really haven't had a woman like that. Charlotte Flair, she was in the first women's main event at WrestleMania. She didn't win, but she was in it. She's a 14-time world champion. I believe Charlotte Flair has to main event night one this year, and I believe that she should win. In order to set up Charlotte versus Bianca, who is the greatest main event woman in WrestleMania history, that match, Charlotte versus Bianca, and you put a title on the line for it, that match would absolutely be one of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history if you set it up properly. But in order to get there, we need Charlotte Flair in the main event, and she should either she should either win or she should lose so terribly that now she needs to chase Bianca in order to prove herself ultimately at WrestleMania. So it could go either way in that regard, but the main point is you can take both women, and elevate them to the point where it's like the company backs them. Just accept it. It's a clear cut. There's no misconceptions here. These are our top women's draws. And this is what it's going to be. And historically, these are our Hall of Famers. These are these are living legends right here. I believe they need to elevate these women this way. Um, and by not doing so, they're letting money just just walk out the door. What's your take on that?
0: Okay, well I would say they have several women who they have maybe gotten who they have kind of walked 80 percent of the way to about what you're saying. But um but then they always
1: they do something to pull back. Um yeah, and, and listen and, and and not to interrupt you, but there's a difference between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Right? Yes. Uh, yes. Both and, both guys have been champions, but Roman Reigns is on a different level. We yes. don't have a woman in that company, and you could make two with Charlotte and Bianca, but we don't have a woman in that company who's on that level, not because they're not talented enough, but because the company has not anointed anyone on that level.
0: Well, because, like I said, and they have, so again, they, they've walked several women kind of 80% of the way there. Right, so they they walked Charlotte and Bianca eighty percent of the way there. They walked Becky Lynch eighty percent, eighty percent of the way there. But there were times even like when Becky was in two thousand nineteen when she was at her absolute most popular and like arguably the most popular person in the entire company. Um, even then they had her. Um, like after the WrestleMania thirty five, they had some a lot of her pay per view matches were in lower spots on the card. Um, and because I think after WrestleMania 35, I think she, she main evented. Uh, well, her and Seth Rollins had a mixed tag team match where they really main event Extreme Rules, and then she and Charlotte had a tag team main event at TLC, and then she was in a triple threat main event at Survivor Series, and that was so from WrestleMania 35 up until. For for what, twelve months, because she you know after WrestleMania thirty six she you know she left to she got you know she went off she was pregnant so and she took off after that so from a, over twelve a month period yeah you know, again over you know over that twelve months she was arguably the most popular person in the entire company male or female and she made in three pay per views and three um you know Charlotte and Sasha main Hell in the Cell twenty sixteen. And then there was not another woman main event on a pay-per-view until, man, um, oh, the Mary the Women's Royal Rumble, I think, in 2018. So we went over a year before there was another, you know, women's main event on a pay-per-view. Um, and then after that, it wasn't until Evolution, which was an all-women's pay-per-view, so of course you'd have a women's main event. Um, I mean, it's been very sporadic and look and there there have been pay per views where yes you absolutely could have chosen to put you know, have a women's main event out. and to give you an example when Charlotte and Sasha made a minute in Hell in a Cell it was 2016 they were the main event of that show okay they main and over the the universal title there was a universal title match in Hell in a Cell match on the same show Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens they were chosen the main event over that they were chosen the main event over Roman Reigns and Rusev for the US title, which was also a hell in a cell match. A choice was made. That we're putting them on last. You could have picked any one of either of those three matches and put and picked them as the main event for that show. They chose to have Charlotte and Sasha main event. That was a choice. Just like you know they I mean they, they chose the women's rumble to main event in 2018 right? I mean, the choices are made here. All right. Um, it's not just these things just don't happen on their own. It's not just, Oh, well, the men's storyline is doing better. I mean, there, there are choices made to put people in certain positions. And and again, they tell you what's important, by where they put it, they tell you what's important. And so when, yeah, you know, when you put segments to build your raw women's title match, when you put them on at 10, 15 or 10 30 on Monday, you're telling people that it's not important because just for reference, you know, 10, 10, 30 on Monday, that's your basically, that's your last stop before the main event. And which is your last t- chance to take a break before the main event, you know, to, to do whatever, right. Go to the bathroom or, you know, take dog outside or whatever, right. That's your last chance to do it before the main event, 10, 10, 30. And they know that. And, and, because they don't, you know, they know people. People don't sit there and watch the entire three hours. They know people dip in and out, depending you know, at different times. So if they put you on at ten fifteen or ten thirty, they know they know that there aren't going to be as many people watching, regardless of what goes on in that space. So when they put something there, it's telling you that you know what this really isn't that important. So when you put your raw women's title, when you put segments. You know, to build your raw women's title match, when you put them on, on, you put them on 10-15, 10-30, you're telling people that this really isn't that important. That's what, that's what you're telling them. And that, look, which is the primary complaint people have about AEW that, well, it's 9-15. That's the women's match segment because, you know, nine fifteen on Wednesday is just like 10-15 on Monday. It's, it's, it's the, it's where you dump things. So, again, two weeks in a row, you know, you're putting segments to build your raw women's title match at WrestleMania. You're putting them on at 10-15, 10-30. You're telling people this isn't important.
1: Um, That's what you're doing. Rob, there was a – I'm going to switch speeds for a moment here because there was something originally that we were going to talk about a couple weeks back. I just want to get your quick thoughts here. Will Washington had posted some information about tracking uh, black wrestlers and how they're featured on television, something he said he's been doing all year. And essentially, the data that he had come up with was AEW was featuring not only more black wrestlers on television on a week-to-week basis, but black wrestlers were getting more television time in AEW than WWE, all of the WWE shows, and uh, Impact Wrestling. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you had a chance to look at the data? What's your general reaction to that?
0: Um, okay, I haven't had a chance to look at the data myself, but I do think just based on what I've seen with my own two eyes, um, he's probably correct um, because, again, like I said, there, there are weeks on, on Raw where Bianca is a is 30-second pre-tape. Um, and there are weeks on raw where the street profits are in a five minute match or either Montez or Dawkins is in a five minute match or almost as in a squash. Um, and so now where I would challenge him, I would ask him, okay, well, where were you in 2021? (laughs) Because these things, they do go in cycles. It's not just about the kind of whims or preferences of the booker. Things do go in cycles. In 2021, uh, and like 2021 was like the blackest year in pro wrestling history, just throughout the industry, as far as big, you know, as far as black wrestlers getting big matches and winning championships and what have you. 2000, 2021 was the blackest year in wrestling history, not just in WWE news, Ring of Honor, uh, the album Indies, Impact, but that year AEW was way behind everybody. So I would ask, you know, why are you only looking at this year? Because look what I've done with my own research. Yes. You start whatever year you start doing it. That's where you start. Yes. Okay. If you just start looking this stuff up, you start with 2023. Okay, fine. But to get a, to get an actual bigger, clearer picture, you need historical context. Like you need to know, okay, well, they're doing this much today how does this compare to years past? Is it more? Is it less? Because if if they're doing, if they're doing good today, but they were doing better last year then what they're doing today really isn't much to talk about. Right. So you need to know where it is relative to previous years. And look, and I'm making my whole, you know, rant here has been based in comparing it to previous years. It's not just that, they're doing this today is that they did better in the past. So once you've done better, I mean, regression should not be tolerated. <laughs> now in his case, okay, yes, AEW is doing better today. They absolutely are. But now some of that, though, I mean, but there are reasons though. I mean, two of your most prominent black women wrestlers are not, are not in WWE anymore. Sasha and Naomi, they have not been replaced. Um, look in, in one night, in 24 hours, you went from three high-profile, prominent black women wrestlers to one because two of them left, right? Um, last year, Big E you know, got his neck injury. Very high-profile, very prominent black wrestler, now completely off of television. So you lost, just last year, they lost three of their biggest, most prominent high achieving black wrestlers. They lost three of them within two months time. Biggie got hurt in March. So you got to factor that in into the equation, right? Because it's not, cause I'm sorry, you're not measuring the same thing. If all three of them are still there and now, and they were getting like less TV time or something, then that's a different story, but they're not there. Right. And now Kofi Kingston is injured. Um, you know, Xavier Woods has been injured off and on over the past couple of years. Um I mean, you 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 have to account for that. You know, Apollo Cruz went back to NXT. Um like so you have people who and Apollo Cruz was getting was intercontinental champion, he was getting a good bit of time there for a while on TV.
1: But but Rob, don't you know? That there's a false narrative going on that AEW is not di- diverse enough and not pushing uh, black wrestlers because you know they're featuring more black wrestlers than everybody. You know, don't you know that, Rob? So that, that means there's no problems there, and, and it's just people who are in bad faith stirring things up, like myself. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's the narrative. That's the nonsense that they're trying to they're trying to pull a bait and switch.
0: And, right? it, and it, I'm gonna say this: you you should never gloat about you know my favorite wrestling company is doing more for the black people you should especially never. if
1: especially if you're supposed to be media now you can point out who's doing it and who's not um but clearly that's not the motivation and you know Will Washington he he's he's bought and paid for he's co-opted we all know that we all know that we know that Will and you know the the, the difference between Will and a lot of other people is i don't you know Will's not trying to hide it He's not going to pretend like it's not true, so I, I respect that. Kudos to you for for not being a, a fool about it. It's clear wh- where you are and where you stand and what you're all about in that regard. And hey, good, good for you. But um, I just think that it's interesting because I've been calling Tony Khan out on this issue from day one because he he had promised that we were going to get equitable diversity, and we, we still to this day we've never gotten into that company.
0: Well, and uh, well-
1: Black male singles wrestlers in particular have been the primary losers. I mean, you look at a guy like Will Hobbs, for example. He's a prime example, and he's a name that I bring up all the time. And Will Hobbs, I still think that you're you're a piece of work for for what you said about Big Swole, and I still don't forgive you for that because you haven't atoned for it. But it's not about you. It's about the issue. So because of that, I have to advocate for you because it's about the issue. Will Hobbs, the only non- Well, excuse me, the only white wrestler who is consistently ranked as one of the top wrestlers in the company and under contract who has lost to Will Hobbs in a one-on-one contest is Wardlow. He's the only one. No one else has put Will Hobbs over who who is a white male singles wrestler in a singles match in AEW who's actually like a top five wrestler in that company. Not a single one of them. But Will Hobbs has put every single one of them over. And when Wardlow lost to Hobbs, he did so because Q.T. Marshall uh, interfered in the match. So it wasn't even like Will Hobbs won on his own. A big hulking badass like Will Hobbs, and you you have continuously devalued the guy. But now everything is okay because he won a champion. He, he won the 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 Sonic Ring, and then he won a championship. So everything is okay. Meanwhile, who is he beaten? Who has put Will Hobbs over? It's not Christian. It's not Orange Cassidy. It's not MJF. Who has he beaten? He has one victory over Wardlow as a singles competitor, and that's because of interference. No one has put Will Hobbs over that is a white male singles wrestler who's one of the top wrestlers in the company. It has not happened. Don't tell me that that's equitable. That sounds like a bait and switch to me, Tony Khan. Sorry about that rob i had to i had to get that oh no
0: problem no 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 problem because look i mean back in in 2021 a lot of us were very just celebratory of just the degree of of how WWE was booking its black wrestlers okay a lot of, and, and look I was one of the people celebrating it too in 2021 and and now you know two years later we're we're far from that but again some of that but there are re- there are some of there are reasons to explain like i said some of those people just aren't there now i mean and uh or or some are out injured um so so you can't you can't you know the criticism you lay on them has to be a lot more nuanced now where i would criticize if you want to criticize wwe for how it's booking black wrestlers i would point to again how they you know how they have bianca on television um there are weeks where she's barely there and not when I, and I don't mean like 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 Roman Reigns. There weeks where Roman Reigns is just not on TV. And granted, that's part of the storyline also. But I mean, it's also you know, obviously in real life that's part of his contract. But I mean, there are weeks where he's just not on TV. Um, whereas with Bianca, there are weeks where she's on TV for thirty seconds or maybe a minute. And look, she shouldn't be out there having a twenty minute match every week or something. No, but you know, I mean a 30 second. Now there was one week where she had, um, they didn't even, they, she did like a promo and they just put it on the YouTube channel. Um, and I mean, I do question that, you know, particularly on a three hour show, right? If, you know, if you're on SmackDown is a bit different because it's only two hours and sometimes stuff gets cut and it, okay, it happens sometimes. Raw is three hours. There's no excuse. Um, and now the, the, the honest reason is that they don't have um, a lot of weeks they don't have anything meaningful for her to do and I've said this in a couple of places I'll say it here that that's, that's concerning because it's con- I say it's concerning because I mean basically the concern is that they will do with her what they often do with Charlotte which is just send her out there sometimes just send her out there and just hey, go be you we don't have to do a whole lot creatively. You know, if you got to match at the next pay-per-view, we'll do, we have a couple of angles we'll do for TV, but we're not going to invest a whole lot of creative energy. And we're not going to take the time to flesh out, you know, storylines and everything. Um, we're just going to send you out there because, you know, we, we get a, we get a good enough, return on investment just sending you out there we don't have to do and um, I'm, I'm concerned that they will and look they did the same a lot of times with Sasha Banks right um, just they just send her out there they hit the music she goes to the ring she has her match and then that's it um, you know uh, and uh, that's, that's the type of thing that sticks out for me um, because like I said before they, they walk you know with bianca with charlotte with becky they've walked them 80 percent of the, the way and then they stop <laughs> and um and now you should handle each of them differently um but so with bianca is the issue is the the now there's the kind of the less tv time she gets from getting in the last few months um you know with, with charlotte they would just it's just they would get her up to a certain point and then and then you know they would have her lose to somebody or what have you uh, with Becky It was card placement when she was at her absolute most popular. They were putting her in matches, you know, in, in spots on the card that didn't make sense. Um, so they, they, they walk you 80% of the way up there and then they stop. Um, and look with Sasha, they didn't even walk her 80% of the way up there. Um, it was more like maybe you're 65 maybe. Um, and they should have done more with her. Um, so, you know, that, that's all now, um, at, you know, because again, the default position is to put the boys in the main event and that for the women, the main event, everything has to fall into place. Everything has to be going perfectly. Everything has to be hitting high notes, you know, numbers wise, like everything has to, for the women in the main event, everything has to go right. And, well said.
1: and well because said. it's true,
0: there's, there is a sense that there is still a sense that you are picking them over the men right, to, to main event. And so they have a higher bar. Everything has to go right. Um, and look I, look, I have been both a defender and heavy critic of Ronda Rousey. Um, when when But during Ronda's first run, the women got more TV time than they'd ever gotten. They got bigger spots on the card than they'd ever gotten while Ronda was there. But it, it shouldn't take that. Right. Um, it it shouldn't take Ronda Rousey for women to get more time on TV. Yes, I understand Ronda's a big name, so that goes into selling pay per views and things of that nature. Um, but now we're at a point. Now where are what? Um, we're eight years into the women's revolution, and there should be there should be more thought and effort put in to getting them to the main event pay per view Not not just WrestleMania. look, look, look okay, if if Roman Reigns is on the pay-per-view card, then yes, he's going on last. All right. He's gotten that big. Okay, fine. No problem there. Right. But you had a few pay-per-views last year where Roman Reigns was not even on the card. Okay. Um, so, I mean, extreme rules last year. They don't, you know. I mean, you couldn't have had Bianca and Bailey, the ladder match. You couldn't have had that main event, that, that card last year. Um you hell in a cell last year that you know they did the thing with cody and seth for the main event you couldn't have had becky bianca and oscar main event that show and um, granted granted hell in a cell so you want a cell match to sell main event? i get that okay but um you know i mean uh that uh you know money in the bank last year um i mean you couldn't have rearranged that card some type of way so that even if you wanted to do the well no uh, well that's a whole other thing too also with money in the bank how many times now They've had a women's money in the bank match winner. 17, 18, 19, 20. 20. They've had six women's money in the bank winners. Six. And out of those six, two of them cashed in on the same night. Uh, Two of them cashed in the next day. Actually, three of them cashed in on the same night. Yeah. Lexa bliss, Bailey and Liv Morgan last year, all cashed in the same night. Oscar, and Nikki Cross cashed in the next day. So we've had one women's money in the bank winner, Carmella, who actually got to carry around the briefcase and make multiple attempts to cash in the briefcase and then finally succeed. So we've had one women's money in the bank runner who's actually gotten a, a run, a real run with the briefcase that to, to do, you know, to, to do things with it. Five out of six, they cashed them in within 24 hours. That's lack of creative effort that, that like, if you do it once or, or once every two or three years, okay, fine. When you're doing that every year, you're telling me you just want to get out of the way. That's what you're telling me, because that's what you're showing me. You're showing me every year. We're either going to do this the same night, or we're going to do it the night after. Five straight years now. So what am I supposed to believe out of seeing that? You know, you want storylines. I mean, what am I supposed to? I mean, what am I supposed to think?
1: Rob, want you let everybody know the best way that they can <laughs> keep up with you, man? Because you, you definitely. <laughs> You delivered today, so you know what's uh, the best way they can follow you, bro.
0: See now, look at that. Now I come here and, and now I, I, I unload a lot of stuff when I come here. I don't I don't get quite this bombastic on Twitter, but if you want to see what I have to say about a few things, I'm there at R B O N N E one. Um, you can hear me every week on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast with DJ and Jason. We are on the Share Radio Network. We, we are new episodes are usually up on Fridays. Um, I don't quite. I, I don't get quite this, you know, adamant for the whole show, <laughs> but I did have, I had a very long rant this week in particular, um, about this very topic about booking the women's division. And I went on a very long rant about how, um, they basically use Charlotte to clean up their booking messes a lot of times. Uh, so if you want to hear that, you, that's this week, the mindless wrestling podcast, uh, and those are the main places. I I, I still write stuff occasionally at uh, RobsAGenius and of course you can hear me here when I when I come on here with Duke. And so and I thank you for having me. Look, I've been wanting to unload this stuff for a while because you know, and because in light because uh, look, a lot of times people say now it, it's very hard to get any substantive criticism of WWE, Any it's it's hard to get any of that off now because. The answer you get from so many people is, well, they're making record profits, so they must be, you know, they know what they're doing. Okay. And I mean, the NFL is making record profits, and they're still playing to criticize about how they operate. Football fans do. Football fans, you know, drop the hammer on the NFL 24-7 while they still watch all the games every Sunday. You can watch it every week. You can acknowledge that they're making more money than they making ever made before, that doesn't make criticism invalid. That that doesn't mean you should not criticize them criticize them at all. That doesn't mean that. Uh, it doesn't mean that certain things that are being done wrong don't matter. Right? I mean, it, it doesn't, and and then people will tell you, well, why don't you stop watching? Uh, okay, I mean that's that's definitely a choice you can make, and you know, and uh, look, today's mistakes, you know, are what lead to tomorrow's audience decline uh and and no it doesn't show up immediately but it could but even then i mean just look you want better and and now and i now i would tell people i know i'm rambling here but yeah i mean if if you if you find the way they're presenting women's wrestling to be unsat, you know unsatisfying to you then i would tell you yes you absolutely should make a decision with your remote control um you should and you should find outlets or companies where they are better presenting women's wrestling. You know, if, if you are, if you are so, if you are really not happy, if, if you think that there's something missing with how they're doing it right now, then you should vote with your remote control or your you know your pay per view event choosing options or what have you. Um, you absolutely should. And, but you know because there's a lot of room for so much improvement right now. And, my, you know, look, they have the biggest women's roster they've ever had. Yeah, they got over 30 women on the main roster. So this is not the days where you only had six women on each show, so you, you couldn't have them wrestle every week because you'd burn them all out. This isn't that. All right, I'll, I'll stop because I go on. The trip. I, I, I can go on forever. Trust me. Hey, this is Booker T, six-time world champion, and you're listening
1: to Duke Love Wrestling. Now, can you dig that? Until next time, folks, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. Mr. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.